It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Will Dak Prescott and the rest of the Dallas Cowboys offense have another big day at home? All that and more in this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use promo code LOCKEDONNFL, all lowercase, for a first deposit match up to $100. I am your host, Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. Joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. We are previewing the Cowboys' Week 13 matchup against the Seattle Seahawks. I can't believe we're already in Week 13. Weird. Wow, the second uh, Thursday game in a row for the Cowboys. I want to start with this, Landon. The Cowboys have been awesome on offense at home this year. Do you think this game sets up well for Dak to have another one of these massive performances? I, I do think that, you know, look, that part of the reason that the overwhelming performances have been the way they have has been the, the opponents that they've played. I mean, they, they've played against Washington and New York who have been had, you know, just historically bad problems stopping the, the passing attacks. Um, obviously, Dak further exacerbated that. But uh, I do think that this, you know, is uh, – this is a team with a winning record. This is a team with playoff hopes. Uh, this is a team that you know, was excited about their defense coming into the, the season. And I think they have several players that, you know, you, you cannot make uh, arguments for. It should be very uh, exciting to have, right? Especially in the secondary. They've got a great young player in Witherspoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got another guy from last year, uh, Reek Woolen, who is uh, uh, really good as well. Uh, Jamal Adams is in the secondary. So they have guys in these uh, in the secondary in a way that that you know some of these teams that we have pay, played previously don't. Having said all that, <laughs> they have not had the kind of you know uh, success in stopping the pass that some of these names would imply that they should necessarily. And I think a lot of that has to do with kind of a rather anemic pass rush. So uh, I think they 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 got Boye Mafe has been a really great surprise yeah, for him, young player. But I, I do think that if the Cowboys are able to protect Dak the way that they have these previous weeks, um, that there should be some hay to be made on the back end, that, that, that he should have enough, at least time for something to develop open. Uh, maybe the, the quick game is a little bit more difficult. Maybe uh, there isn't as much yak to be had this week with uh, you know solid tackling defensive backs like the, 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 the Seahawks have. But I think ultimately, at the end of the day, there are weaknesses that the Cowboys should be able to exploit. I don't think it'll be a blowout the way that the last few weeks no. have been, but I, I do think that there is plenty for the uh, plenty of fertile ground for the Cowboys to operate on. 
I struggle with knowing how to feel about this Cowboys offense against Seattle's defense because of all the reasons you just mentioned. Like, you look at, like, their depth chart, and there's a lot of players that you really like. Like, Tariq Woolen had a bunch of interceptions last year. Devin Witherspoon, I believe, is the number two graded cornerback in the NFL by PFF this year, only behind Deron Bland. It's Bobby Wagner. It's Jordan Brooks, who's a first-round pick. Like, they've got a lot of solid players, but there's times where – it doesn't all click, and I think it's the pass rush, and I, th- I think you nailed it. Like, Boye Mafi had a stretch. I think it was like a seven-game stretch where he recorded a sack. But if he's not getting pressure, Seattle can strum- sometimes struggle to get anything. Now, they did trade for Leonard Williams. He's battling a toe injury. It sounds like he's going to be able to play. But outside of that, I mean, the edge rushers aren't really there, and it, it does feel like if Dak can be protected in this game, he should be able to find some success in the secondary. I would think. Yeah. And I also think that, you know, this is also going to be a team that I feel like I understand that they have Bobby Wagner on their team and and Bobby Wagner is a one man tackling machine, especially in the run game. But I do feel like the Cowboys should be able to attack the edge in the run game as well, because Mafe, despite what we just mentioned is is a great pass rusher, but he's undersized. And I think that especially in a matchup against Terrence Steele, uh, Steele could, you know, hopefully potentially beat up on him a little bit in the run game and, uh, and, and I think that that kind of combined with, uh, uh, you know, the, the Cowboys propensity for boots and play action off of those kind of wide runs, uh, that should open things up in the underneath a- a area of the field as well in, in a way that, you know, you probably weren't uh, used to throwing against a Seattle defense with Bobby Wagner normally. Sure. Um, so I, I do think that there are opportunities here. It's not going to be quite as wide open like it was with Washington where, hey, we're deep shotting everything because you can't stop us. And eventually we're just going to keep scoring and keep scoring. I think they'll need to be more methodical. It'll be a little bit more uh, uh, tougher sledding, but I don't think it'll be, uh, uh, you know, overall difficult. I don't think it, it rises to the challenge of a, let's say uh, 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 you know, 49ers defense, or maybe no. even the, the Eagles defense, to be honest. One of the issues that the Seahawks have had this year is covering slot corners. They just, Oh, sorry, slot receivers. Um, it's weird because they like to have Jamal Adams near the line yeah. of scrimmage and like the slot blitzing role. But obviously we know he's not a he's not your typical slot defender, right? Like you no. don't want him matched up one-on-one with CeeDee Lamb. Now, occasionally, that's where they use their safeties. Uh, Julian Love, who played with the Giants, he's somebody that can come down. But again, he is a safety. Quandre Diggs, same thing. This is a 31-year-old safety that they sometimes use in the slot. They even had last week, they tried to move Tariq Woolen inside of the slot. Yeah. He did not do well against the 49ers. He ultimately got benched for, uh, you should recognize this name, Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. Form, former right. Cowboy corner. Uh, right. So they've had just a bunch of issues trying to stop slot receivers. I got to imagine with their age at linebacker and their lack of a slot corner, that's where the Cowboys are going to try to tackle, is right in the middle of the field. Yeah, and honestly, as I'm, I'm quickly looking this up just to confirm that I'm correct. Yeah, I mean, just to, just to kind of also give you an idea of the struggles that they've had uh, as pass rush. Devin Witherspoon, who is their corner, is tied for third, or I'm sorry, maybe fourth on their team for sacks. I mean, that's that they've had to send corners and and you know and, and even their best cover corner in Devin Witherspoon uh, in to kind of create this pressure. So. Uh, yeah, I, I think that, you know, they've had to use this this secondary kind of in versatile ways because they feel like that's where there are a lot of talent is. But I think you're right that the 
the problems that we kind of had identified about Jamal Adams when, you know, we were all going through that hullabaloo of whether or not he would end up with Dallas or not, they still exist. In fact, they're probably exacerbated now that he's a little bit older and he's not, not as athletic. You could put Jamal Adams in the slot if you want while C.D. Lamb is in there. Uh, and you could even blitz him. In fact, please. They probably will. They yes. Will. Uh, and, and and guess where that ball's going, Jamal? It's it's going right over the top of your head, right into C.D. Lamb's yeah. arms. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that they have done some things to try to create pressure, which is different you know, than kind of what we traditionally would call a, a Seattle defense where they try to you know rush for, create pressure with those four, uh, and then play coverage in the back end. The, Cow- uh, the, the, the Seahawks just don't have the, the players to do that anymore, especially on the defensive line. So they're having to find ways to bring pressure, and that's why, again, like I mentioned, Mafe and Jaron Reed are their two leading tack- the sackers, but after that you've got two linebackers uh, and a cornerback and, and Bobby Wagner's in the mix there. So it's like they're, they're having to kind of send, create pressure packages uh, in order to kind of get any pressure. Uh, and, and, you know, ultimately the combination of what they're doing versus what they're, per- with their personnel, it's not a great, it doesn't seem to be a great fit because they do have decent personnel on the back end, but they aren't getting the production that you would expect from that personnel so far this season. So yes or no big deck game on Thursday. I think so, but I think, I think it, 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 it may kind of be a gradual thing, right? Like right, I think yeah, it, I it, it, it sort of like a fourth quarter explosion, maybe similar to what we've had seen a couple last few weeks, but I, I do think it will be a big deck. All right. Let's talk about how the Cowboys can try to slow down Geno Smith and the rest of the Seahawks offense next. This episode is brought to you by DoorDash. Why root for your favorite team on an empty stomach order on DoorDash and save on all of your football watch party favorites. Order pizza, wings, sodas, burgers, or even just buns on DoorDash and get it all delivered without missing the game. If you're going to be watching the Cowboys-Seahawks game on Thursday, you're going to want to order some food in. Uh, when, when you're getting ready to sit back and watch this, hopefully, win by the Cowboys, mm-hmm. check out 24-7 Tacos. Check out some of your favorite pizza places out in Dallas or out in Arlington. Abs- I mean, they've got a ton of them on DoorDash, so check them all out. Kick back at kickoff with unbeatable deals on everything you need for the watch party or the tailgate if you're going to the game. Get prepared before game day, like today. Stock up on your favorite appetizers and order all of your tailgate gear on DoorDash. Then get ready to watch your team win. Get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCK23. Subject to change, terms apply. Again, that is 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCK23, subject to change, terms apply. We also want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by PrizePix. PrizePix is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It is the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS because it's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, all you have to do is pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Prize picks is the most fun I've had playing DFS because there's so many different players and so many different stat projections that you can choose from. It's absolutely incredible. Prize picks even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play, even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. 
Price Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. Go to pricepicks.com slash lot.nfl and use promo code lot.nfl for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, go to pricepicks.com slash lot.nfl and use promo code lot.nfl for a first, first deposit match up to $100. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. We wanted to let you know that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, Landon, let's talk about the Seahawks offense. It's been clunky for them this yeah. year. Geno Smith has been a little bit banged up, dealing with an ankle injury. Now he's dealing with a bicep injury. The offensive line has been uh, a mess for most yeah. of the year. Kenneth Walker seems like his status is in doubt. Mm-hmm. How do you think the Cowboys' defense matches up against Geno and the rest of this offense? Oh, yeah. it's it's it, it could be pretty tough for Seattle at certain points. Look, I mean, it's easy to look at those. Again, it's much like Seattle. It's easy to look at the names that are on this offense and think, man, this, you know, this if it's not the best wide receiver core that they, the Cowboys have faced all season, it, it, it's probably the second best, but I think it might be the best. Uh, I, you know, you look at, at, at what Geno Smith did last year uh, and you think, man, this is an offense that the Cowboys really, really need to take care of. And, and, and they should. I mean, they do need to take care. But I think that, that you know, looking at this offense, and honestly, when uh, uh, when Thanksgiving was over and it was time to start looking into Seattle, I was excited to kind of look into it because I had really had an update very much on what, you know, Seattle's been up to since last season. Geno Smith comes in as kind of comeback player of the year, kind of out of nowhere quarterback situation, mm-hmm. flopped into a, a, a great wide receiver situation that they only – got better when they added Jackson Smith and Jigba in the draft this year. Um, and it's, it's, it's way more clunky than it was last year. And I think it has everything to do. And honestly, I had kind of an epiphany last night reading all this. I sent you, I sent you a very, very <laughs> late night uh, DM about a statistic and specifically that I, that I had pulled. Uh, and I think it's worth mentioning last year, uh, Geno Smith got 24 first downs with his legs he used mm-hmm. rushing whether it's you know designed runs scrambles whatever so far this season he only has five and i think that that is kind of indicative of uh, the larger problem with the offense and to me it sort of further crystallized some of the problems that dak prescott had last year mm-hmm. is that i think there are moments when Using your legs instead of putting the ball into play to try to get a first down is a safer play, is a safe play to get a first down as opposed to trying to force it into tight coverage, throw it where it shouldn't be. And I think when you're a quarterback who is normally, you know, look, I think Geno Smith and Dak are similarly athletic. They're athletic enough to go get a first down, not athletic enough to be a featured running runner in a, in a run game. Right. Yes. Yes. Um, not Lamar Jackson, not Jalen Hurts in, in that sense. Right. No, like younger Stafford. Like if you want to yeah. throw another quarterback in there. Yeah, sure. Right. Where, where they're kind of that hybridized pocket quarterback, but also athletic. You want to get out on the edge in, mm-hmm. in, in you know, bootlegs. He can scramble, run out the front of the pocket and do some damage with his legs. I think when you took that away from Geno Smith this year because of the ankle injury or because of whatever, 
I think it hurt the already hurting efficiency of the Seattle offense, right? Last year, they were somewhere in the 20th area on third down conversions. This year, they are, if they're not at the bottom of the league, they're, they're you know, I think in the bottom five of the league. So they've fallen even further. And to me, I think a huge poor, I mean, look, just looking at that number for 24 to five, and I understand that we're, you know, a little bit over halfway of the season, but he's not making it to 24 first downs at this point, no, right? No. I, I think that that loss in, in the ability of him using his legs has really kind of further hurt the efficiency, which was already not in a great spot beforehand. And an offense that last year relied a lot on explosive plays from their big wide receivers on the outside that, that lock it uh, and, 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 uh, and Metcalf. <laughs> Metcalf yeah. Like I think they, you know, that kind of, without those big plays on a regular basis and like even just some kind of consistency on converting third downs, this offense looks like that. It looks completely disjointed, which to me rang true to what was happening a lot with the Cowboys offense at the end of the year last year, where, yeah, they have these big players. Yes, they can produce big plays, but it's about consistently getting the, the continuing the drives, keeping the, the team on the field, keeping the offense on the field and doing the simple things to get you in a position to get those big plays that the Seattle offense is seemingly struggling with right now. And I think a lot of that has to do with the Geno injury. And then obviously the kind of even further deterioration of a not great offensive line. Yeah. So Geno got hurt in the Giants Monday night football game week three, week four. I apologize. I don't, I don't know the week off the top of my head, but since that game, you can just tell there's, there's a lack of mobility there. And you saw it against yeah. the 49ers. There was a play in the second half of that game where Nick Bosa beat, I think it was Stone yeah. Forsyth at right tackle. And Gino didn't even bother to try to move out of the pocket. He just kind of fell right over. And it's, it's just clear that he's not a hundred percent healthy with his legs. Now, I know that he was dealing with a bicep injury last week. I, I saw the report today that it's night and day better than it was a week ago. So I expect him to be a more dynamic passer in this game. But you mentioned the offensive line. Let, let's run through this really quickly because they've had a lot of injuries. Um, Charles Cross missed quite a few games at the beginning of the year. He is going to be back for this one. Their right tackle, Abe Lucas, got hurt in week one. He has not played since. Now, he was a full participant in practice on Tuesday it seems like he might play in this one. I want to see how he looks like in his first game back. Jason Peters, who they signed to the active roster a couple of weeks ago, he got banged up against the 49ers. It sounds like he's going to play. And he might start at right guard because Phil Haynes uh, has a toe injury. Doesn't sound like he's going to play. Has not practiced in either of the last two days. So it might be Jason Peters making his first career start at right guard. Abe Lucas coming back at right tackle in his first game since week one. And then, by the way, their left guard and their center spots have been big weaknesses all year as well. So you can see why this Seahawks offense hasn't been quite the same. And, oh, yeah, by the way, Kenneth Walker, their fantastic rookie running back from a year ago, not likely to play because of an oblique injury. It's been clunky is the best way to describe it. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it feels like when I watched the the San Francisco game, uh, it felt like the, the the best thing that Seattle had going for them was Zach Charbonnet, who yeah. was the, the rookie from UCLA coming uh, out this last year. So, uh, yeah, it, it's uh, it's been disjointed, as I've said. 
and, and I think you, you nailed it with the offensive line. Look, we, we've done the Jason Peters at guard experiment before. It was at left guard, not right guard, but it, it wasn't great. And there was a reason we tried to get him back out to tackle yeah. as soon as we could. So, you know, look, they're, they're going to be in a spot where they're compromised uh, uh, in, on the offensive line, which, again, it's, it's the reason that's really tough for them is because they have a team that's built to be a vertical offense. Yes. And if you don't have the ability to pass, to, to protect your quarterback, to run the, you know, the routes down the field, uh, you, you're going to be in some trouble. And, and, and I think that guys like DK Metcalf, you know, look, I, I think he's been an outstanding since he's come to the league. He's clearly shown that he can, he can make a living uh, doing what he does. But the concerns that teams had about DK Metcalf, are, I think, are kind of showing up now yeah. because you can't, you can't run an, a, a complete offense necessarily with him. He's, he's just not as good as, uh, at, at kind of running the whole route tree as he is being a dominant threat as a outside deep, deep ball receiver, a guy who's running, uh, uh, you know, crossers and that sort of thing. So I, I think if they have to get into a short game offense, uh, it, you, you know, they're basically running it out, out of Tyler Lockett, who, you know, is a very, very, very good receiver. Uh, but it's not someone that you can't, you know, completely take out of the game if you tried too hard. So yeah, the only matchup that really scares me in this one is Jackson Smith and Jigba, who's been more involved in the offense yeah. in the last couple of weeks yeah. against Jordan Lewis. It's just not one that I particularly love. On a but, homecoming too, guys from he's from Rockwall too. Yeah, so, there you uh, go. It's, so, it's homecoming for him. So I would assume he's going to have a, a lot of targets and a, probably a pretty big day on Thursday. Later, let's get to our predictions for this Seahawks Cowboys Thursday night football matchup next. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to have as many top-tier candidates as possible to interview. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire Hiring is easy when you have as many quality candidates as possible. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or the resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is so quick and easy. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process so much quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That is linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys Podcast. Every dayers on tomorrow's show, we've got a crossover show with Corbin Smith of Locked On Seahawks getting you ready for that game. So make sure you tune in for that. We're going to be talking all things Seahawks, the biggest storylines out of Seattle. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Make sure you listen to that on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Landon, today we're going to do our predictions. How do you see this game going for the Cowboys? Uh, you know, I, I think the Cowboys uh, are the the better team. They're playing at home. You know, this is not a game where uh, they're going to overlook this. They need this win. You know, we're in a spot now where I just don't think you can, you're overlooking wins right now. You, you've got to have every single one. Yeah. So, uh, and again, this isn't a game that they would overlook anyways because this is a team that they need to beat. They need every single NFC win they can get. They're in a playoff race. This is a playoff team uh, potentially. So, uh, I'm picking the Cowboys. I'm going to say, let's say 28 17. Uh, I think the point spread is like, it's not 10 points, but it's been. I think inching. last time I looked on FanDuel, it was eight and a half. Yeah. I, it's been inching closer and closer to more uh, for the yeah. Cowboys, as, as I think probably in reaction to some of these injury reports, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that, yeah, I think the Cowboys are, are going to probably. Uh, have a, a little bit of a you know back and forth struggle because this is a good team. This isn't gonna they're not gonna roll over. I, I wouldn't be shocked if Seattle uh, in a rhythm uh, w- was uh, able to kind of march down the field and score a touchdown early in this game uh, because I think that that's probably where this Seattle's offense is probably at its best when it's in its uh, script. Uh, I don't think they work well when they have to adjust or uh, improv or you know work off script so well. Um, and so I, I wouldn't be surprised if this game was a little bit uh, close early. And then as the game got on, the Cowboys kind of really started to pull away, especially if Seattle would be, is unable to stop the Cowboys run game, which I imagine that they'll definitely test Seattle on that at a certain point. But, uh, yeah, so I'm going to pick the Cowboys 28, 17. I'm really conflicted on this game for a variety of reasons. I'm just going to list a bunch of them right now. Cowboys. Mm -hmm. Excellent at home. Seattle, pretty bad on the road, like even historically during the Pete Carroll uh, administration, right? Like they just have not been a very good road seat. Um, typically teams coming off of playing the 49ers really struggle the following week because they're so beat up. I wonder how the Seahawks are going to be on a short week. It's not really a short week, but it's this weird Sunday, Thursday, Thursday thing. What kind of energy they're going to have. While traveling. Yeah. While right. traveling. Yeah. At the same time, Seattle kind of has to win this game. Their next two games after the Cowboy game are at San Francisco, home against the Eagles. And if they want to stay in the playoff hunt, they kind of have to win this one. Um, And then there's also Pete Carroll, much like Mike Tomlin, kind of knows how to muck up some of these football games, right? And they they play this really weird brand of football. None of these games – there's this kind of running joke between Seahawks fans that they always play the dumbest football games ever, right? Yeah. There's going to be special teams, you know, plays. There's going to be some weird penalties, probably a 50-yard pass interference call that DK Metcalf gets. But, I, man, I I, I, I kind of am with you. I, I do think the Cowboys are going to win this game. I just won't be surprised if it's ugly and it's a 23-21 to 21 type of game. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked at that at all. I mean, this is a much better team than the Cowboys have played these last few weeks, right? I mean, and – Is this uh, their trap you know, game? No, because, again, it's like – it's not a trap. I mean, they, is this just a game that they, they could lose, you know, because well, it's, it's – Okay, let me rephrase it. Could this be the game that they overlook a little bit? You know, they had the Thanksgiving game. They know the Eagles are coming to town the following week. It's that that middle game in this Thanksgiving kind of stretch – I don't think they're going to overlook it. The Cowboys have just been really good at home, but I won't be surprised that this is the the worst game they play of the three. That makes I sense. think it'll be the tightest of these games, but I don't know if it'll be the worst. Like, here's what I want to see. 
I want it. I wouldn't. I don't mind if the game's tight, but what I don't want to see is sloppy play. Sloppy. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, yeah. and I think that's the one thing that we've seemingly avoided this season, especially as the season has gone on, compared to last season, right? And that's why I keep harping on, hey, the Cowboys aren't playing down to their opponents, right? Is that is that it's you know, look, penalties aside, which who you know who can even rely on penalties anymore as an indicator of sloppy play. Like what I want to see is the team being able to line up without pre-snap penalties, getting the ball off, executing, not two receivers standing in the same spot and in a route, not, you know, like guys running into each other and fumbling the ball. Like, and I think if the Cowboys can play a clean game, uh, even, and I think if Seattle plays a clean game, these two teams are close enough that this will be a close game for two to three quarters. But then, you know, as a talent kind of weighs out, I imagine things. But at the same time, Pete Carroll specializes in turning games into sloppy, you know, just bad football that they're able to win late. That's what they're going to do their best to try to keep this game within one score. And if they've got to pull out, I'm not saying to trick plays and all that kind of stuff, but it seems like Seattle does do a good job of keeping games close. They probably shouldn't be close (laughs) they're they're very good at at subtly holding teams while they're trying to separate it's it's almost as if it's their defensive uh defensive yeah. backfield mentality yeah yeah well there you go <laughs> all right that is it for today's show we want to thank you for making lockdown cowboys your first listen every day again every dayers we'll be back tomorrow with a special crossover show with lockdown seahawks landon you and i back on friday to recap seahawks cowboys on thursday night football available on amazon prime go check out our show on youtube uh go check out us wherever you get your podcasts we are free and available on all platforms go follow landon on twitter at mccoolbcb i'm at marcus underscore Mosier. we will see you next time hey prime members you can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on amazon music Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.